tonight on Whiskey Waffle. The nose for me is a combination of vanilla bean and um, Mr. Bean. As a Tasmanian, that, that <laughs> fills me with fear. Just tell me, do I get flavours of pineapple? I need to know. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Good evening, fellow wafflers. My name is Nick. My name is Ted. And welcome to this uh, very special anniversary episode of Whiskey Waffle. Anniversary? Yeah. Which, which one? Actually, we should have. What we should have really celebrated is like eighteen. We're sort of eighteen episodes in. Where we're legally drinking whiskey now on the pod. Uh, no, <laughs> um, this is our twenty-fifth episode. So huzzah! Exciting times indeed. I'm just trying to find out what what you actually is that silver silver wedding anniversary? Silver, I think it is. Silver. Yeah, gold is fifty. So. Halfway to gold? Yeah, I think it's silver. Well, yeah. w- welcome to our silver podcast. <laughs> silver podcast. In 25 episodes time, we can have some Macallan gold. Ooh. Do we want Macallan gold? Probably not. It, was, um, it wasn't the most expensive one at the time, although now it's probably quite rare, so it probably is quite expensive. Mm. Mm. I don't know if we'd find any. Yeah, probably not. That old uh, Macallan, they, they changed their marketing strategies like they changed their underwear. Whereas... Glenn Farkless, on the mm. other hand, they do not change their marketing strategy. Nor do they change their underwear. That's a vicious no. rumor. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, yeah, we've got some Glenn Farkless 15 in our glass. Our, because our old favorite. Uh, it's a bit of a favorite. Uh, yep. It goes down all right. You, you know exactly what you'll be getting with a uh, Glenn Farkless box. Mm, yeah. Look exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, as it has. Always looked and um, yeah, and it'll probably taste the same as well. Mm. Mm. Oh, we we love the Glen Farkless Fifteen. It's a solid dram in our view. Well, anyway, for all our uh, any new listeners that might be listening, we are two Tasmanian whiskey fans. We certainly are down at the bottom end of the world, and also sitting fairly pretty at the moment, mm. COVID-wise. So that's that's exciting. We're doing well. And um, yeah, we, we do a, a variety of things in our episodes, a, a whiskey topic, a whiskey review. Do some games. Yeah, some, uh, have a bit of fun. Would you rather sort of things or yep. some, yeah. And uh, uh, also we, we, we caused a bit of discussion on the scene. In fact, our last episode, Ted, we, we ranked our top five Isla distilleries. We've got a few of our, our community that have voted with their top fives themselves. So uh, Terence, the robot of ultimate destruction, he's got three to us, a.k.a. Joel. Um, Joel has ranked his number five, Lagavulin, number four, Bunnahabhain, number three, Ardbeg, number two, Lafroig, and number one, Brook Laddie. Yep. Now, Cleon, our imaginary friend who yep. pops up on our podcasts, he has, he's gone Lafroig as his fifth pick, Lagavulin as his fourth, and moving up into Bunnahabhain, we, Cleon and I, both share a bit of a love for Bunnahaven. Yeah. He forgot them on the first time through. Yeah. He forgot <laughs> they were even from Isla. Yeah, he was He was a bit... He got into a bit of a grump about that, actually. <laughs> um, then his top two, so coming in in second place is Ardbeg, leaving the mighty Brook Laddie as the top <laughs> one. I think definitely swung over the line by some Octomores, but... Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because um, both of these guys have got the same top five as us, just in a different order. And um, I was thinking, like, this is this is the top five, right? As, as good as Kilhoman is, you know, um, there's been some interesting stuff from Kalila and Bowmore. Like, that, the top five is that. And I asked, I put it out there. It's like, who would you rank below Kalila and Bowmore? Um, and so... So Whiskey Ninja on uh, Twitter said, uh, certainly not Brook Laddie, which is his favourite, uh, nor Bonhaven, Lafroig, Lagavulin, or Ardbeg, or Kilhoman. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, uh, as much as he disagreed, he actually agreed. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, but there were some other comments actually on mm. Twitter which were really interesting. So Whisk Nick said, yeah. um, "Is that just you as a?" Is uh, my ultra? No, yeah. I couldn't say anything nearly as eloquent as this. Nor have I tried some of the older releases that this guy has. So Whisk Nick said, um, "For me, ranking eyelid auxiliaries is not a horizontal exercise. It's three-dimensional with various historical references showing their different ceilings." An entirely different conversation, though, if we were to ask ourselves which distillery's current release we would be most keen. And uh, he finishes this by saying, to put Beaumont in eighth, though, is like ranking Jaguar as a car maker without considering the E-type. Oh, that, that, that is a compelling <laughs> yeah, and I know. very well-put argument. <laughs> Time for Whiskey. Time for Whiskey also um, had some opinions, which, like, this, this bit I certainly agree with. Um, Beaumont is definitely a divisive whiskey. Some love it. It's definitely one of my favourite Scotch whiskey distilleries, and some don't. Not sure if you guys like Ben Nevis, so moving completely away from Isla here, just <laughs> yep. onto a just this is his just own a, personal agenda here. This is this is just a per- personal comment on the end. Not sure if you guys like Ben Nevis, but I've found people who like one often like the other. Give me that funk any day. <laughs> well, um, uh, whiskey Mark certainly agrees with him. He says that I basically live for Ben Nevis these days. My wife and kids just don't give me the same satisfaction as a 95-96 Ben Nevis independent bottling. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, nice work, Whiskey Mark. Maybe, Ted, maybe we should try some Ben Nevis. Like, Oh, see, I've got a bad experience with Ben Nevis. So they're, they're at Fort William, which is a bit of a shithole of a town. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. Apologies yeah. all those Fort William listeners, but you know yeah. it's true. Yeah. it's Says us from Bernie. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit shit. Um, although the mountains look nice. But anyway, Ben Nevis is located in Fort William, and I went in there, and they were grumpy pricks and weren't very nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I've had a have had a bit of a chip on the old shoulder ever since then, and I yeah have yet to revise my opinion. You just should have gone there in ninety five, ninety six, Ted. Mm. That was the that was the problem. We're just too late. We're too late to experience this Ben Nevis funk goodness. Whiskey Mark does sort of give a recommendation though. Um, mm. If you're in Melbourne... Um, yeah, because you can just fly over to Melbourne these days. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're in Melbourne, if you can get to Melbourne... Yeah, um, once stage four eases. Yeah. Uh, check out, uh, I want to say, Jose's. Jose's collection of Ben Nevis off sale at the Casa Divino. Ted, we, we should be doing this, but um, yeah, I can't see it happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Well, that would mean going to Victoria at I the know. moment. That, <laughs> yeah, as, as a Tasmanian, that, that <laughs> fills me with fear. Yes, no, I'm, I'm with you. But there we go. Um, Isn't it good to have such good uh, correspondence, Ted? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, just just to one one last little bit. So yep. um, speaking of our Isla, uh, Isla musings, um, I was trying to, re- might remember, I was trying to remember the name of a... Uh, a distillery um, that was connected. Oh, so this is this one down in um, Port Ellen. Yeah, that, like, that was, was a breakaway ki- distillery tried to take I, over. I, and from I said something. it had a really boring name, and I just couldn't remember it. Yeah, but Cleon, oh, imaginary friend Cleon, imaginary friends are for, isn't it? Yep, they t- they tell you all the things that you need to know. Mm. So Cle- Cleon has come to the rescue and said the distillery Ted was talking about was Malt Mill. Malt Mill, that is a boring name. Yes, he's, he says brackets. You're right, super boring name. <laughs> So here's an excerpt from IslaInfo.com. Established 1908, when Sir Peter Mackey lost his bitter legal dispute to retain the sales agency for Lafroig Whiskey in 1907, he reacted in characteristic style by deciding to make his own Lafroig type whiskey, and in 1908 built a traditional small pot still distillery within the Lagavulin complex. Despite hiring staff from Lafroig, and attempting to copy the Lefroig recipe, it did not succeed. <laughs> Perhaps because 
it used a different water source. Perhaps it was, but in reality, it just, just wasn't Laphroaig, was it? That's how a clown talks in my head, by the yeah. way. <laughs> That's how a clown talks in everyone's head now. <laughs> there we go. Oh, well, we have had a lot of exciting correspondence. And um, yeah, again, it's not too late to tell us your top five Isla distilleries, but I think it's time that we marched on with another topic. Da, da, da. It's time for some Tazzy Gossip in the Waffle. The Waffle. Did you hear me? We need to keep this one fairly succinct. Succinct, yeah. We can do succinct, right? That's easy. Five hours later. <laughs> yep. Um, and it is a topic close to our own hearts. It's Tasmania whiskey again. You guys are probably a bit sick of hearing about this topic. We've been sort of, yeah, just touching upon it for the last few podcasts. But we're from Tassie, damn it. And so you've got to sit there and listen. Yeah, but a, a few really respectable people in the industry have been weighing into the mm. topic that I, I like to feel that we really got the ball rolling a few podcasts ago, Ted. Yeah. I mean, certainly more respectable than us. Mm. Um, we're, we're, we're positively common oh, um, yeah. in comparison. But yes, um, you're quite right. There has, there has been some quite good uh, analysis from our colleagues within the writing whiskey writing industry. Why don't we um why don't we catch our listeners up with what we're talking about? This is the mm. Lark Symphony Number no. One release. Yeah, so n- not not just not just uh, Symphony Number no. One. So mm. there is there is actually another release in the mix too that is yep. also causing controversy. Which but let, let, let's oh let's do one at a time. Let's do one at a time. So yep. just. Just for shattering that there is more to this Ooh, story than yeah yeah than so and uh, it's not going to be concise at all. It's another for shattering. Lark Symphony Number no. One is well, it's a blend, sort of like it, it's a bit, it's a, it's it's a, a vatted malt. It's all a bit confusing. Mm. So, bit of history, Australia. So, well, let's go further even further back because this is important. Lark was the first uh, Australian whiskey distillery in over like a hundred years or something to create um, sort of single malt whiskey. Yep, it was in Australia. In Australia. I mean, small-scale distilling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Lark has been a very well-established brand over many years now. Everyone sort of knows who they are. More recently, they were bought up by the evil corporation Australian Whiskey Holdings. Please don't take, hold that against me, Australian Whiskey Holdings. I'm just, I'm just sort of. You're gonna come and seek you out with baseball bats. Yeah, that's it. But see, that would make them evil, though. <laughs> so and just and just hammer home my point. Um, yeah. Anyway, they bought Lark. They also bought Nant. Yep. Who is whose name sort of rings certain bells within the. Uh, mm. Whiskey industry, they bought Overeem. Yeah, they, they had a stake in Redlands. Had a stake in Redlands. Basically, they're, they're the so- southern whiskey octopus. Just <laughs> gra- grasping onto everything Many with Many tentacles. Yep. Anyway, mm. things uh, progressed and eventually they decided to release a blend of sorts. Yeah, it's not so much... It's not really obviously labelled as such. It's just called... It's got Lark plastered all over the front label. Um, it's a Lark packaging and it's just called Symphony Number no. 1. So you'd think that's just another just Lark release. But in very small letters down the bottom, it says something about the first blended malt. From the House of Lark. Lark. Yeah, mm. and this is a new thing. So the House of Lark never existed. No. We're not even sure it is an actual house. I'd be very disappointed, though, if there isn't at least four walls and a roof. We're, we're digressing again, as usual. Yeah. Concise. <laughs> Con- concise. Concise. So, as as my colleague said, there's Lark all over the labelling, except in very small font. And the reason for that is it contains not just Lark whiskey from Lark Distillery. It also contains uh, whiskey from 
Lark's Bothwell site, mm. which anyone who knows anything about the history of Tasmanian whiskey will know that Lark's Bothwell site is Nant. Yes, which is another, shall we say, kind of infamous distillery these days. Mm. But, uh, I mean, they've also made some very good whiskey in the past, so mm. it's very up and down. Mm. Now, getting back to the uh, the other one in there that's causing a bit of um, controversy, mm. this, this also then goes back to Lark's Bothwell site again. So... There is a Victorian brewing company called Wolf and the Willows. Yeah, Wolf in the Willows. Wolf in the Willows. Wolf and the Willows. Can't remember. Um, Wind in the Willows. I don't know. They did a collaboration with Lark. They've done a couple of collaborations with Lark now mm. where they've released... Lark has taken Wolf barrels, beer barrels, and aged Lark in them. And I think did the... And the Wolf has taken the yeah. uh, the Lark barrels and aged their, their Imperial Stout in them or mm. a smoked porter or something... Pleasantly heavy beer. One way or other around like that. Um, And uh, makes a great Boilermaker, I will say. So there's been two releases. Yeah, and the second one was better than the first, in my humble opinion. Then there's just been recently a third release, but this is the one that's been causing people to lose their shit because... (laughs) Like like the Symphony Number no. One, it's got Lark and big letters on it. Yep. It's, sort of, it's, it's actually it's, got a, a Larky Wolf on there as well. Yep, it's got a Lark bottle, that sort of flattened, mm. uh, very flat profiled bottle. Down the bottom, it says that the whiskey in this re- this release is from their Bothwell Distillery. Right, so so it's it's not Lark at all. It's not Lark at all. It is Nant again, the House of Lark, the House of Lark, aka in this case Nant. Yes. Yes. So, mm. so we've, we as as we getting back around to the point, we've had. There's been a couple of reactions from mm. um, the industry. So, yeah, on, up on, and down. We've, we've got. We've sort of got. Let's put them in the boxing ring together. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of them is the only better whiskey communicator in the world, better than us, Ted. Yeah. I'm. I'm happy. Very happy to uh, to wear that one. So. Um, yeah. So whiskey and wisdom. Um, yeah. Ad Andrew Durbage. Andrew Durbage. He <laughs> is a very knowledgeable man. He is, and he does whiskey like for a living. Like we we have to get up bloody tomorrow morning and and, and go to a boring jobs that are nothing to do with whiskey, unfortunately. So. Mm. So we mentioned Ad. Yes. But um, there's also been a really good one from Luke McCarthy at Oz Whiskey Review. Yes. Um, and so they, they do present sort of opposing opinions which is really fascinating from our perspective because we're sort of just watching the tennis match in the middle with our head going back and forth but the problem is they both make very good points they don't entirely disagree on some things there are some things that they come together and um agree on but other things yeah there there is a bit of a a bit of an opposing thing i think what it really boils down to is in the red corner you've got uh whiskey and wisdom saying that we should, we should have more controls on what we do as an Australian whiskey industry. We should look at the, we should look at Scotland and see what they do, their rules and regulations around what you can and can't do. Yeah, to quote, with- um, to quote AD, if you buy a whiskey with Distillery X on the label, it is reasonable as a consumer to expect that it contains contents from Distillery X. Whereas in the blue corner, you've got Luke from Oz Whiskey Review saying, "Well, who cares about Scotland?" We're we're Australia. We've we don't have the same rules as them. Yeah, we- he reckons that it is um basically in terms of the laws of Australian whiskey production labelling, there isn't anything necessarily wrong with the Symphony Blended Malt. Mm. And so yeah, you've got these two sort of opposing opposing views. One is for a more sort of traditional model where we have a lot more controls around what distilleries are allowed to do with their with their releases. So mm. on on sort of his side of things it would be sort of wrong for 
and this is talking in terms of legally wrong, not mm. morally wrong, which is something we'll get to soon. Yeah. Legally wrong for uh, Lark to release a whiskey for all intents and purposes saying that it's Lark yeah. from Nant. But he does mention there is precedence. Again, in Scotland, not in Australia. But he, he his article is all about, is this Tasmania's Kaju moment? Yeah. So Kaju, for, for those that don't know, um, are a, one of the Diageo um, whiskey distilleries. They're most famous probably for producing whiskey for Johnny Walker, basically. That's their, mm. that's their main... Um, Kaju is one of the most workhorse Johnny Walker whiskies and it was getting so popular in the early 2000s or something was it not that they just didn't have enough to release mm. as their own so what they did is they combined just a little bit of Glendullen with their own and instead of labeling it single malt they called it inverted commas pure, pure malt <laughs> the label was the same the the marketing was the same but instead of single malt it said pure malt which and everyone flipped shit yeah they weren't happy they uh, apparently even the the Scottish um, House of Parliament got involved and basically <laughs> created this sort of reforms within the um, whiskey industry. Um, to yeah, I think yeah, that's where sort of blended malt or vatted malt or whatever mm. came into it. I think ble- I think vatted malt was the term at the time. I think blended malt is the yeah. the term now. But yeah, basically like everyone was like no 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 you cannot call yeah call a whiskey from one distillery. A whiskey from another distillery. It just no. But that's uh, that's essentially what Lark's doing, right? Yeah. So what what sort of possible leg could could Luke from Oz Whiskey Review have to stand on? Well, we're not Scotland, <laughs> and and also as he quite rightly puts it, and I I, I actually kind of agree with this. Mm. I always try to remind myself that the broader drinking public doesn't give a toss about the same things that I do. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Like I mean. Most of the people that are going to buy this, and certainly the people that Lark are trying to market it to, don't necessarily care. It's us sort of whiskey nerds, you and I, Ted, that are jumping up. It's like, ooh, is this right? And um, I don't know, maybe the people listening to our podcast are absolutely bored by now because, like, don't care, just let me drink this stuff. Just tell me, do I get flavours of pineapple? I need to know. Mm. Um, I think I think it kind of, yeah, it kind of boils down to this sort of argument i mean there's a mixture of both on both sides and particularly on one it's a sort of a legality versus morality Mm. that's that's where it sort of comes comes down on because as they say in australia we don't have those rules governing it it's the wild west out here we do what we want yeah so while it may not legally be wrong to do it is it morally wrong Mm. Mm. you know what i think ted what do you think, Nick? I think AWH could have avoided all this if they just, in 2018, just come out and said, guess what, everyone? Nant is now officially known as Lark 2.0, and we're going to just do whatever we like with the two different sites. Yeah, and I think, I think yeah. that's a really interesting point, actually. I, I've I've been talking a few years, amusing a few mm. years, about whether um, AWH would kill Nant. Yeah, you have and, mentioned and that before. I, by On this kill, very pod. Yeah, by kill Nant, I don't mean actually like tear the distillery down i mean kill the name because that's it's got a bad rep let's face it nat nat has they've acknowledged that yeah so kill the name and then start it up as well like our our bothwell distilling bothwell site yeah i mean this is the thing like it's it's, it really feels like that's what's happening here Mm. but i mean the fact they're doing a little bit sneakily has certainly put people offside should should they have just back when it kind of happened gone right everyone let's be transparent about this nant is poisoned now we're just going to acknowledge that we're shutting down nant as a brand we're going to create 
our uh, uh, Swamp Harrier uh, <laughs> distillery. Yeah. Um, it's a swallow, the uh, yeah. swallow distillery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what you, what you do with the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously we're going to have to build this brand name up a bit, but mm-hmm. it's, it's what we are now. We are also going to use this uh, whiskey in combination with our Lark yeah. um, stuff. We'll refer to it's it same as owners. our this Bothwell site. Yeah, Bothwell site. I think our point is that transparency is... Yeah, I think people are offside because of the sneaky nature that this has occurred. It definitely sort of feels like AWH is being the sort of the big corporation and trying yeah. to pull the wool over our consumers' eyes. the wolves over our yeah. eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm not... A- against the product at all i think it, they could get a decent whiskey out of it mm. but um there's a degree of sneak and yeah. we've spotted it and so as so have many people but will just your average punter care yeah again going back to to oz whiskey review luke makes a good point when he says that um think about the drinking public uh they don't want to hear boring arguments about what's on a bloody whiskey label they want some stories and some laughs and a good drink mm. and um it's it is a bit hard to argue with that what what are we drinking again? Whiskey, Ted. Um, just in case you've forgotten about that. The whiskey. Nicholas. Yes. What is a distillery that you like in New South Wales? Um, Archeros. Not that one. <laughs> What's the other distillery that you like? Blackgate. I bloody love Blackgate. You bloody love Blackgate. I bloody love Blackgate too. I bloody love Flurio as well. Yeah. Oh, they're the top ones. Nicholas. Oh, Flurio is amazing. Nicholas. Yes. What would you say if I told you that there was a collaboration between Flurio and Blackgate? What? what? Think like Looney Tunes, like jaw-dropping expressions now. Yeah. That I mean, Florian and Blackgate together. I mean, all, you, seems- all you've got to tell me now is like they're both pitted expressions, and I'll be like, my mind will explode. Well, I don't know if they are both pitted expressions, but uh, at least I th- part I of think it they is. Are, yeah, Nicholas, mm. I am happy to report that there is such a collaboration. Excellent. It, it's it's a it's a thing. I don't know if it's if it's caused by COVID sending people mad, or if it's it was already planned. I reckon it was already planned. But anyway. Mm. There is an expression mm. called country to coast. Country to coast. Country to coast. So the why, con- why, why do you think it might be called that? So the country, I'm assuming, is Blackgate up in mm. the inland New South Wales mm. where the angels are the thirstiest. Mm. And um, also the, the coast, Fluorio, they're on a peninsula. So they're, they've got water, salt water on, on many mm. sides. So I reckon there's a lot of uh, coastal influence on the Fluorio. So... Yes. I reckon that's the name of the Country to Coast. Yep. So this this is Country to Coast. It is a limited edition of 300 bottles. Yep. Um, it was put together in uh, uh, 1st of April 2020. Yep. Uh, and yes, it is a collaboration between Blackgate and Fluoro Distilleries. Now, the whiskey is in here. So this is a uh, blend. This is a true Australian blend. Mm. There aren't very many around, but this is, this is one of them. But yeah, two different single malt whiskies blended together. Yep. So this is a blend of two barrels. Yep. That, that's why it only uh, made 300 bottles. And they're 700 mil bottles as well. So that's pretty good for an Australian. And is it 50-50 between the two? I don't, I, I don't know about the percentages mm. in this. I suspect it, that go with maybe perhaps. one is slightly lower than the other. Right. But, so, this is a 
This is two barrels. One barrel is in Paracast. What is it, Para? That is Australian sherry. That is Australian sherry. Yes, it um, is. Beca- why is it Australian sherry? Because the sherry is appellated to Jerez <laughs> in Spain. Yep. 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 So we call sherry Para in Australia. So the Para one was made, was produced by Blackade, and it is filled with peated spirit. Hmm. Now, the other one was a tawny cask. What is tawny? Tawny is Australian port because, again, Portugal have claimed all the good port and making yep. so places. So we, we call Sherry Apera and Port Tawny. Hmm. What, what do we call um, Toke? Can you remember what we call Toke? Uh, yes and no. It's, I could at the start of the night. <laughs> it's uh, Topake. Topake. Yes. But anyway, that is that is not what is in this. That's this, an is, aside. this is essentially a sherry and a port combination, except it's a a para and a tawny combination. Yep. Um and yes, that is also petered new make made at Fluoro Distillery. And so they were brought together in early twenty twenty and blended and rested and adjusted down to forty eight percent. Bit of an interesting one. And given the working title of the BFG. The Big Friendly Giant? No, Black Flurio Gate. <laughs> and after a bit of resting, they created this. I, I think that BFG is fine. This is a giant of a whiskey. Smell mm. that stuff. Like, it's it's fascinating. This, this when when they say this is a beautifully integrated whiskey, I fully agree with that. There's this a is a beautifully on. integrated whiskey. I'm going, I'm going a step further. I think this is a really... This is a really fun whiskey. Mm. This is a this is a sort of '80s sitcom of a whiskey. Like it, it just keeps you giggling all the way through. Yeah, the nose, the nose gives Not in me a bad way. I'm laughing with it. The nose gives me chocolate coated raisins or sultanas or something like that. It's, oh yeah. And there's, it's it's, it's like the nose has a bit of like old car, like sort of. A car from like the 60s or 70s maybe that has been heavily smoked in in the past but then has, since then has been like sitting in a shed somewhere and hasn't been heavily smoked in at all. But you get in there and there's like this whiff <laughs> of leather and cigarette smoke and it's just, it's, it is really, it's, it's not the most, it's not the most heavily peated whiskey in the world. It's not a. It's certainly not an Isla drop, and it doesn't even no, smell no, no, no. like an Isla no. drop. It doesn't have any sort of medicinal sort of qualities, but is really nicely balanced. The nose, the nose for me is a combination of vanilla bean and um, Mr. Bean. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just. I'm giggling all the way through. This is ah, mm. oh, like how can you make whiskey smell like this? So the, the nose, I think, is quite soft and chocolatey. It's it's like one of those high cocoa percent chocolates though. But what what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the mouth? Mm, good question. How do you make it taste like that? I mean the the smoke is there. It's clear. It's got this sort of briny smoked trout sort of thing going on. It's it's Gosh, well, it, I will say it, it is Scottish peat. Yeah, it is Scottish peat. So the barley they get is from Scotland. Yep, but, barley they yeah. get is from Scotland. But what they do with it, like, it's next level. It's unbelievable. How do they make it taste like this? It's like hot smoked salmon. Yeah, that, that's that's a good 
That's a good tasting note, actually. Like, it's served on a platter alongside a, a wonderful King Island smoked cheddar or something. Like, it's it just integrates and it's interesting and it's... You're right. It's got Gosh, a nice savouriness to it. Yeah. Would you say one of the two dominates? Oh, God. I don't know who's who in there, really. Exactly. Like, like we've tried Florida, we've tried Blackgate, but we have not had enough of either to really no. say one is coming to the fore or the other. I th- we, I th- we'd like to try it yeah. enough of both. But, um, I, th- I think what I'd really need to do is sit down with a few few Flurios, a few um, Blackgates, and then... Well, uh, so we, we have a we have a peated Blackgate. Does it remind you of that, or is it... No, it does. It does, but this is fishier. This is brinier. This is mm. more... I, I really feel the ocean part of the Flurios coming through as well. If this is what Australian blends can do... Yeah. Then I am bloody excited. Oh, I'm down. Yep. Yeah. I am all over this. This is great. I, I think this is, yeah, possibly a one-off or at least a rare sort of thing because the peat just provides an X factor that yep. you can't reproduce every time. In a shitty year, this is a small chink of light. This and is it's, a highlight. It is one of my favourite whiskies of the year, hands yeah. down. I, I love it. Delicious stuff. So that only leaves us. Seeing as this is a review, I am going to give this a four star. It's a four star whiskey for me as well. It's rare and it's fleeting and yep. it is excellent. Yeah, and yeah. It it's is... really pushing that four star for me. Yeah. It just it just appeals. It just it tickles my fancy. There's just something endearing about it that I just can't help but love. This is Chandler Bing. This is Barney Stinson. This is whoever the Funny characters from Seinfeld are. Yep. Seinfeld? Maybe. And in the best tradition of that, Nicholas, Mm. cue the laugh track. (laughs) This is Smash Session Saver. Oh, right. I've got a Smash Session Saver as well. I have two. I've got five. I've got seven. Smash session or saver. I've got a smash session. Sa- I've got a smash, smash session saver. <laughs> I have a smash session saver for you. Session is the hard one, isn't it, <laughs> Nicholas? Tell me your smash session <laughs> shaver. Smash session, session saver. I've got three for you, and they're all up north. North up in the north. North. So I'm having Nuki Brown. Yes. And um and winter is coming. Yeah. So Smash Session Saver, Dalmore Twelve, Glen Morangie Twelve, or Old Pulteney Twelve. Ooh, right. Okay. This is this is an interesting one. <sighs> right. Dalmore Twelve, Glen Morangie Twelve. OP12. Yep. Right. I'm going They're to... They're right up north in that little sort of new, northern stuck. I'm going to smash the uh, Glamorangi 12. Yep. I've, we, we've we've spoken about this before, but we've we've already, always given Glamorangi a bad rap. Yeah. Through no fault of its own, really, apart from the fact we... That it doesn't we taste as good as some of the other we, ones. We, <laughs> didn't, we didn't like the Nectar to all once. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we've had some very bad good experiences. Experiences with Glenmorangie before, so um, it's a funny one. But anyway, I'm going to smash that. Right, this is my thinking noise. Um, <laughs> I am going to, I'm going to session the OP12, and I'm going to savor the Dalmore. 
12. I feel I feel like the Dalmore is a glass that I could drink one of and be yep. happy with drinking one of. And I could sit on it for quite a long time and contemplate that glass and sort of draw out the flavors in there because Dalmore is one of those ones that I've, I'm sort of like unsure about on either side and sort of I, I think I could think about it for a long time. Whereas OP12, I definitely know that I like and I'd be happy to uh, session that bad boy for an entire evening and be quite happy. Mm. You know what, Ted? Nicholas, do tell. You're absolutely right. Yep. I, there's no there's no other way around it, really. Yeah, not for me, not for you. But our listeners might disagree. And if you are one of those listeners, and if you disagree, please let us know because I really want to know Glenn Morangy champions. I really want to know people who say, Oh, Putney has so much complexity, you just need to stick with one. But Ted and I are not those people, so... No, we know what we like. Yeah. Send us a friendly carrier pigeon and we'll read it out on the pod. But we won't accept any unfriendly carrier pigeons. Whiskey, would you rather? Nicholas. Yes. We have had a whiskey would you rather from a fan. From my fan. Oh, I I, I love a good fan. Is it a fan or is it a nemesis? It is our ultimate nemesis. It is Terence, the robot of ultimate doom. Or T-Shroud. Yeah. Or Joel. Yeah, Joel. Yeah. I mean, T-Trout is much better. Yeah. It's it, it's a cool name. Mm. All right. So, Every time we talk about Terence the, the Robot of Oz, you'll get a new adjective. Yes. So, so Joel, keep asking questions because you're going to yeah. get more adjectives every time. Yes. Terence the Robot of Ultimate Doom, at any rate, asks, would you rather have four bottles of a 10-year-old whiskey? Okay. You, you're the maths man here. Remember yeah. this. Four okay. bottles of 10-year-old whiskey, two bottles of a 15-year-old, yep. or one bottle of a 30-year-old. That's- let, let's, 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 and as he, as he's Terence, the robot of ultimate doom, suggests we should maybe just limit this to scotch. I mean, it's... Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many 30-year-old Tasmanians. Um, no, no, you're absolutely I'm, right. I'm a 30-year-old Tasmanian. Well, actually, yeah. I'm a 31-year-old Tasmanian. So. <laughs> Bloody ancient. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so, yeah, four of a 10. Yep. So four of an entry-level, say, quaffer. Yeah. yeah. And two of a 15. Yep. So that is more of a special one, or one of a 30. First, I want to say, T-Troud, good question. Great question. You've done well. You've really made us think. I'm not thinking. I'm just going to say I'm going to get that one bottle of 30-year-old whiskey because, like, four bottles of 10, yeah, sure, That what? that's about, like, a 10-year-old is probably about, like, eight, seventy to 90 bucks. A 15-year-old is, like, two bottles of 15-year-old or maybe, like, depends what it is. I mean, I no, I saw a bottle of Glenlivet 15-year-old for Australian 120 the other day. So that's that's two hundred and forty bucks. A thirty-year-old whiskey is going to be like at least five hundred or so bucks a bottle, and I'm very unlikely to just go randomly buy a full bottle of thirty-year-old. And so I'm I'm taking that thirty-year-old and I'm like drinking it. Financially, you're absolutely right. So four bottles of ten is about eighty dollars a bottle. Is about three hundred sixty. Two bottles of fifteen is about a hundred and sixty, maybe three hundred twenty. And one bottle of 30-year-old is probably four figures. Yep. 
But the thing is, Ted, you bring your 30-year-old to a party and I bring... I'm not bringing my 30-year-old to a party. No, no, no. Peasants. You... They're not going to appreciate it. It's a whiskey waffle party. It's just oh, you and okay. me. Right. And I bring two bottles of 15-year-old. Yeah. So together we go through half a bottle each. Suddenly you're half a bottle down on your 30-year-old and I'm half a bottle down on my 15-year-old. You've only got half a bottle left and I've got a bottle and a half left. All of a sudden... I've made a good decision here. So you've you've got two bottles of Glen, Glendronic 15. Yeah. Whereas I've got a bottle of Balvenie 30. Yeah, yeah. No, well, half, be, a, half a bottle of Balvenie 30. To, but. You're, no, you've, you've seen through the floor of my, my plan. The 30-year-old is unobtainable anywhere else. Yep, yep. No, I... Ter- Terence, you, you fool! You fool! You have thrown us your... Uh, okay, Ted, you, I'm going to... You have thrown revi- us your kryptonite. I'm revising it at you. One bottle of 21-year-old... I'll take the two bottles of 15, thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maths is our enemy here. Maths is our enemy. Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking that one bottle of 30-year-old. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and I am going to enjoy it immensely because I don't really often get to have 30-year-old bottles of whiskey. Nice. Terence, the ult- robot of Ultimate Doom, you have failed! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to bring up the virtues of the 15-year-olds, but... um. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Can't, we could, can't we're completely year old. ignoring the ten-year-olds. Although, like something like an Arbeg ten-year-old is one of the greatest whiskies in the world, but yeah, you can buy it for that. ninety bucks. So at the moment, at the moment, yes, people are going to listen to this in 2070, and they're going to be like, Arbeg ten-year-old for ninety bucks. Yes. Anyway, thank you, Terence. You've Cheers, done well. Terrence. It's reasonably priced and available and. <coughs> Much like me. True. Outro. 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 It's that end of the night. Yep. Actually, we're, no. It's not that end of the night. We we tell them, Ted. We're trying something. We we we're trying we're trying something a bit uh a bit controversial here. No one's gonna notice. We're trying to do the outro earlier in the recording session, so we don't sound sound quite <laughs> so well. Let's face it. Smashed. <laughs> um, surely this is one of the endearing parts of our podcast is the fact that um, people who listen to the outros realize that we record them all at the end of the night where mm. all the words are slightly slurred and, and we love everybody in the podcast. Oh, we do love everyone in the podcast though. but That I, hasn't changed. Now, now I can say it in a very sort of matter of fact and straightforward <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel as loved? Uh, yeah, well, this is, this is a good point. Wh- which is more loving? It's like everyone... We love you. Or, we love you. Anyway. Anyway, thanks, guys. Thanks thanks for listening. Um, it's It's been good. I'm sure that we have talked about some interesting things in this episode, and we probably will talk about some interesting things after we've recorded this outro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because um, um, we've got a few other bottles that we're going to line up, and we'll mm. save them for future pods. Yes. Anyway, uh Hit us up on well. Check, firstly, check us out on whiskeywaffle.com. Yeah, um, we'll post some stuff on there one day. Yeah, we must get back to doing a bit more of that. Um, <laughs> check us out on whiskeywaffle.com. You're a great resource for both Tasmanian, Australian, and global whiskies. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter if you can uh, stand stand the uh, climate on there at the moment mm. with um, the big D uh, tweeting about lots of things. Um, and also, of course. Send us a carrier pigeon. We 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 love receiving them from everyone. We do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this little nugget 
Because firstly, no one actually listens to the end of podcasts, so there's going to be like just Cleon and one other person that ever hears this. But stay tuned, because next podcast, we are bringing in some exciting new features. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is solid gold. Now we have to wait another 25 episodes before it's gold, Ted. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But you you did talk about nuggets, so. Ah, yes. <laughs> Fool's gold, anyway. Yep. Yeah, oh. no, there's some exciting stuff. I can't wait to share that with you, but that's coming next month. Fool's gold is pyrite, FYI. <laughs> Excellent. We're nothing if not educational. Uh, anyway, night, everyone. Night. See ya. And keep on waffling. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers.